Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 153, and I'm talking with my friend, Denise McMillan. I met Denise about four years ago, right around the time she became a runner. Denise started running at the age of 49, and since then, five years later, she has ran three marathons. She is a breast cancer survivor, and I actually had the vision to start this podcast just a few years after I met her, probably two years, and knew that she was always someone that I would want on the show. So I'm finally doing it, and I'm so happy to share her story with you guys. Before I get started talking with Denise, I want to remind you guys that I am headed down to Jacksonville, Florida for the Donna Marathon again in February. And I would love to have you join me. It's Sunday, February 10th, and they have a brand new course this year that is flat and fast. They've eliminated that big bridge at the end of the race, and I can't wait to run the course. It's a beautiful time of year to be in Jacksonville. My husband, Glenn, is going to come as well, and we are definitely going to be doing a meetup down there, so stay tuned for details on that. And you guys, if you'd like to register, can use the code LINDSAY15 to register for the race for a 15% discount. Links to all the information about the Donna Marathon will be on my show notes. I'm also raising funds for the Donna Foundation this year, and the link to my fundraising site is on my show notes as well, lindsayhine.com. All right, you guys, let's go ahead and enjoy this conversation with Denise McMillan. All right, everybody. Well, I am so excited because today on the podcast, I have my good friend Denise McMillan on the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome. (laughs) Denise is a listener of the show. So this is like way more fun because you actually know how it works. Right. I do. (laughs) (laughs) She'll randomly text me and say, oh, I'm listening to this episode or that episode. And it makes my heart so happy. Well, thank you. Some of them just jump out at you and you have to say something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, Denise and I met about, let's see, what, four years ago? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Four years ago. Yeah. We met... I think we we actually met at the Annex. Athletic Annex here in Indianapolis. Yes, you had just had Gosh, which child have I just had? No, I was trying to think which child. I think I just had Lewis. It was Lewis. And um, I think it was, was it the winter? Was it winter? Yeah. I think so. Anyway, um, we ran together. Yeah. And yeah, that was the first time I'd heard about you. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we ran a little bit together that day. It was really, really nice. And so then about a year later... A bunch of girls. It was Denise and three of our other friends. Oh. One, two, four of our four. other friends. Mm-hmm. There were five we, of us. Five, five of us. Six of us. Oh. We went on a trip to Austin, Texas. We did. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was such a fun group of people because we really had a mix. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we had a couple single ladies. Mm-hmm. We had a couple people that had kids, but right. actually. There was five of us. Two of the girls didn't have... No, three of the girls didn't have children. Right. There were six of us. There were six, yes. I'm just going through everybody. There were yeah. six. Yeah. And I remember thinking, so Denise is just a little bit older I than us. I am a little old. Just a little. But I remember <laughs> thinking... I'm so excited that Denise is coming. Is she going to like feel like, what is she going to feel like? Because Denise is 54. Yes. And she was just out with us until, and we, uh, we stayed out late. Well, yeah. I, I think that there were times where I wanted to go home. <laughs> well, me too. Me too. I was like, I bet I was trying to 
you know, go with the flow and, and act like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with being out at one in the morning. Oh my gosh. We were out dancing. <laughs> it was crazy. And yeah. oh my gosh, it was so bad. <laughs> but that's when I feel like I really got to know you. We did. Yeah. We all <laughs> shared a room. We all, car- all the six carriage of us. House. Yeah. yeah. So we stayed in a carriage house. Um, <laughs> but I have ever since I started this podcast, I've been like, I want to have Denise on the show. <laughs> I know a lot of the people that listen regularly uh, and our loyal listeners of the show, they they love hearing from someone who is a really hardworking runner, but isn't necessarily running in the Olympics. And that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Denise didn't start running until she was 49, you guys. That's right. Yeah. So that's and so when we met, you were really a brand new runner. Yes, I was. Yeah. But you yeah. were already training for, I think, your first half marathon. Um, you know, I wasn't, I, well, I, I think I was just, I, I really can't remember. I, I think I was just running at that point. Yeah. Um, and it was a little later that I, I actually, it was a marathon I started training for, not a half. You went straight to the marathon? Yeah, I had, I had done a half. But no big deal. Yeah, I just decided I was going to run a marathon. So. Yeah. <laughs> was that the Carmel Marathon? Was it, that your first no, one? No, Monumental. You did Monumental first. first. First marathon, yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's learn about your life because I think it's fascinating (laughs) and I know everybody will too. Um, You guys can probably tell that uh, Denise is not from the United States. (laughs) So where are you from? Well, I was born and raised in New Zealand um, and I'm from the largest city, Auckland. Um, Grew up as the oldest girl of six children, three boys, three girls, single mom (laughs) and I had a great great childhood in New Zealand, um, very outdoorsy kind of lifestyle. We spent a lot of time at the beach and it was a great childhood. Uh, I think I, w- I was around, I was about 21 years old. Um, I didn't go to college in New Zealand. Um, so a lot of people in New Zealand do what is called an OE, okay. um, overseas experience. And um on a whim, I answered an ad in the paper, newspaper, because in those days there was no email, there was no um, Skyping or anything. So a lady in England had posted an ad um, looking for a nanny for her children. And so I wrote her a letter and uh, she asked for a picture and I included that. And anyway, back and forth, I got the job. So I flew to London. Um, I had never been on a plane never ever set foot on a plane. Were you scared? I was terrified. <laughs> um, you know, it was a, a really long flight. It, it was, I think it's like 12 hours from Auckland to LA and then from there another eight hours or something to London. Oh, wow. You come, uh, yes. you fly to LA. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. That's what, I don't that's know what where we did in those days. I think it's changed a little now. Okay. But yeah, we did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a really long flight. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I ended up um, in so, London. So how long did you nanny for them? Oh, not very long. Um, along the way, and it's it's a very it's a long story. But I had met uh, my um, my husband, my ex now ex husband, and he is also from New Zealand. I had met him briefly in New Zealand. He was living in Los Angeles, so I had actually uh, had dinner with him when I flew through. LA on my way to London and uh, he convinced me to come to the United States and spend three weeks of the summer with him and it just seemed like a great <laughs> opportunity. The The children I was nannying for were, it was just a really difficult um, 
difficult time. They, these children had had a new nanny almost every month, mm. and so they they were really um, it was just not a not a great um, environment. But um, so I took this opportunity. It was summertime, and I decided I would come to the United States. I didn't tell my family. Uh, <laughs> I know this is terrible. I didn't tell my family. Nobody knew where I was, and so I was in Wisconsin at Elkhart Lake. You know, uh, staying there with him. And um, somehow uh, my family ended up finding me because my uh, second youngest brother had um, committed suicide. Oh, my gosh. And so I ended up going back to New Zealand and, you know, sort of starting over a little bit. Um, But anyway, I ended up, um, after spending some time with my family there, coming back to the United States um, and, you know, the rest is history, I guess. Then you <laughs> came back and you stayed and lived with your husband. Your, I your did. Then would then and be husband. Yes, yes. And he. Um, you haven't. You've lived in the United States ever since. I have. Yeah. He was a. Um, he was a race car driver. Um, Twenty years older than I was. So he's forty-one. You're twenty-one. Twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Which is is like yeah. you know I'm thirty-five. So I'm like here in the middle of those two ages mm-hmm. and just thinking. I know. Forty-one does not seem that far away to me, but I man, know. twenty-one does. Twenty-one does. I yeah. know. I mean, it's it is, and uh, you know, would I want my my daughters to to be in a you know relationship with that much of an age gap no and how old are your daughters um my oldest daughter is 28 okay and my youngest daughter is 24 okay so yeah so I you know I and I th- I've thought about that over the years yeah. when they we were Especially around that they were age. going to that age yeah and I think about men at four at 41 I'm like no uh, no <laughs> no no <laughs> but anyway it 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 you know, it was what it was. Okay, so he's a race car driver. He so was. tell me about that life. He was. Well, he was a race car driver. And then when I met him, he had, you know, being at 41, he was at the end of his uh, driving career. He was working as an engineer. and Did he um, drive in like the Indy 500? Uh, what kind no, of car driver was he? he didn't. It was a smaller formulas that okay. he was driving. Um, so we, you know, would travel from race to race and we had a base here in Indianapolis and then over the winter we'd go back to Los Angeles and stay there so that worked for um quite a few years and so you would just like live in Los Angeles in the winter because it's nicer there or what yeah, why would you yeah well um you know he had a friend who had a place there and okay. we just stayed there we'd often go back to New Zealand for the okay because he's from New Zealand too. yes okay mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. he hang on to his New Zealand accent like you have oh my gosh if you <laughs> were to talk to him you you honestly wouldn't be really? able to understand a word he said oh because he his, has his such a so thick accent yeah really? he never lost it okay and I think some you know I sort of you know, people think I have, when I go back to New Zealand, people actually think I'm American. So really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, kind of a no man's land. What do you get here though? Do What do people most, where do people most often ask you where you're from? Um, I get the East Coast a lot. Really? Yeah. Like, I think I roll my R's and okay. so people say, you know, ask if I'm from Boston. Yeah. Um, but I do get Australia a lot, which yeah, is unfortunate. Yeah, I was going to say Australia. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't no offense, know. but yeah. I wouldn't have guessed New, New Zealand, Zealand. No, though, when, when we first met. It's pretty, yeah, specific. You wouldn't, you wouldn't pick up on it, I yeah. don't think, right away, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what, t- talk to us about you had your girls. And yes, um, two two girls. Um, you know, we ended up settling in Indianapolis um, once. You know, they started school, and uh, it just didn't make sense. So, we w- really weren't able to go back and forth. So, we um, 
settled here and um, he continued to work and I stayed home and, um, you know, worked a little here and there at different jobs. I started school. I went to IUPUI and uh, started a degree in interior design. How old were your kids when you did that? Um, well, they were, I think, Cassie, my youngest was three. Okay. Um, so she was in daycare sometimes while I went to classes. Um, yeah, so she was three. So that kind of continued, you know, obviously I didn't, um, I wasn't able to go full time. Um because he traveled so much too. So uh, I went part-time and we got divorced when my girls were seven. The youngest was seven and uh, Olivia was, my oldest was 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was a big, <laughs> a big uh, change for everybody. Um, we've both remained here in Indianapolis. He lives here still. Um, and, you know, we've, been able to you know remain friends in fact he um you know time heals a lot of wounds yeah. and uh you know he's invited to every holiday at my house does he uh, come he does really yes, he does so you host and who's here i do yeah he's he, he comes and i i Is it just you, know, you and the girls and him no no like no i usually have a large group of friends, friends and family but you know, I've always felt, um, and again, you know, when in the early in the early stages of a divorce, it's really difficult to to be so gracious, I guess. But um, I I've always felt that you know my children you know didn't ask for this, or, yeah. and so if there's anything I can do to make holidays uh, easier for them, then you know that's that's what I'll do. And so they only have to come to one place. That's nice. And, you know, and I think he appreciates it too. Yeah. So, yeah, you host been, it. so we're at Indonesia's condo right now. Do you host it right here? I do. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. when you say you have friends over too, like who are, are these people, friends from work? Like I love the idea yeah. of having like holidays with just I too. Uh, other know, people yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really like, um, entertaining yeah. and I love cooking a big meal and having friends and family over so I have a very diverse group of yeah. friends I have friends who do not run and I have a lot of friends who do yeah. and so um it's it, it's an open house everyone's invited um don't don't tempt me because <laughs> really? I, I walk in and it was quiet and I was like oh yeah it is quiet hibernate right here now for a couple days <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell them where you are yeah <laughs> um yeah so you know it's just really nice I just it just really fills my heart to have people in my home and you know me cooking for them I like it <laughs> you know when I was growing up my family's like super not formal mm-hmm. and we always had random people at holidays mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my husband's family is very different. Like mm-hmm, family. their family is much more formal. Um, holidays are done this way. It's always these family members. There's never mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a random misfit mm-hmm, at their holidays. Mm-hmm. But like I, I specifically remember one Christmas, my dad had a friend like staying with us who was on house arrest, which sounds scary because we, we were three little girls, but like wow. he was a harmless guy. But like he was like staying at our house for the week and we were like opening presents on Christmas morning with this random friend of my oh dad's gosh, at yeah. our house. <laughs> but it, Or like there'd be like random people from our church uh, just show up at our, you know, Thanksgiving. And I think that came from uh, my grandma, my mom's mom, just like instilling that, um, you know, like mm-hmm. everybody's mm-hmm. welcome mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that cause it makes it, it makes the holidays seem so much more, 
uh, warm. It does, you know, and it's just it's just interesting to have different different people from different walks of life. And, yeah, um, I I just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So how did you? So you? I mean, you were still pretty young when you got divorced. You I were was. in your thirties. I was in my late. 30s yeah Yeah, very young (laughs) very young very young yes and you had pretty young kids I did so how did you navigate that well I got divorced and I I was the one who left the house that we lived in so I moved into an apartment and um it was it was really difficult I I I had to get a job and I um, had to suddenly navigate, you know, daycare Mm -hmm. and and after school care. And I remember I was working in the design uh, industry and one I always remember my youngest daughter would be in after school care. And I worked I was living we were living in Avon. Okay. And I was working way up in Fishes. Oh and gosh! And if you and I would be driving home. Indy, that, that's far. Oh, it's far. Yeah, it if is you don't far. live in Indy, that's really far. Um, so I would be driving home, rush hour traffic, mm-hmm. and that poor little girl. She would always tell me, you know, she was the last kid oh. to be picked up. And oh. I always felt so bad. <laughs> we laugh about it now, but sure, yeah. you know, it's and you're just already going through something these, hard, yeah. and then you have that guilt. And I, and I remember in the morning, I was so. we would sit and wait for the bus and I would be so terrified that the bus wasn't going to show or something. Because then you had to get to work. I had to get to work. I would get her on the bus and then fly up, you know, to try to get to work on time. So that was, you know, that's difficult. It it was difficult. But, um, you know, it was, the divorce was the right thing. Um, You know, we we had a relationship that worked really well. for, we were together 16, 17 years, something like that. Um, and then it, it stopped working because I think when you're 21, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly you're in your late 30s, you're a very different person. Yeah. And, you know, so my my um, needs had changed and, you know, they might not have lined up with what he, um, I guess, uh, liked about having a much younger wife. I, mm, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it was it was it was a good it was the right thing, definitely the right thing. Yeah, not only were you navigating like you had changed because you were twenty one when you mm-hmm, met, but mm-hmm. like I mean, he was an adult. He was. You, I, I mean, twenty one's an adult, but I like, know, no, no, it's, it's just it's, so different. It's not. Yeah, you're such a different you're person. Very, very different. Yeah. We just did this live show in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and um, Katie Edwards, one of the panelists. We, I said, what you know? What would you tell your twenty-year-old mm-hmm, self, or whatever? Mm-hmm. And she says, not to get married at twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that's good advice. And if you know good what, advice. there are probably people listening who did mm-hmm, and are mm-hmm. having a great, successful marriage, mm-hmm, or they're you mm-hmm. know they're getting married at that age. But mm-hmm. um, so that does—that's not saying that's for everybody. I mean, I was twenty-four when I got married. Yeah, that's young. But my husband was the same age too. Yeah, so. yeah, uh, very different. Yeah, very like different. he wasn't forty-one; he yeah. was twenty-five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we got married, I really you know after my brother. Um, my brother's suicide. I just really needed somebody mm-hmm. to take care of me. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and that it, that did work. I don't think I knew that about you. You didn't about your brother. Yeah, I actually have. Um, there's quite a bit of suicide in my really my past. Yeah, I had a um, w- my, a boyfriend uh, who I dated for a number of years who committed suicide. Oh my gosh! Um, in your teenage years? Yeah. Li- yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. How do you deal with that? Well, <laughs> you were so young. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think it's very surreal. When my, my brother died, uh, he was 17. Okay. 
And you and were 20? 20, yeah, 21, yeah. 21, 22. Okay. Yeah, I was 21 because I just met my ex-husband. Okay. And um, I, I just, I don't know that I really, I'd never been exposed. I really didn't know anyone who had even died. Yeah. And it just, I remember, um, you know, my mom um, wanted me to see him. Mm. And that was a, a very, I mean, again, surreal. I, I can't. It just look it just it wasn't him yeah. and it was just really difficult and I think it took a lot of time to really um come to 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 terms with why somebody might do that and I've I, I think I have a, a in my mind a, a much better understanding now why why somebody might do that and um I just I truly believe you know my brother felt he had no other choice mm-hmm. and it's it's it terribly sad are you like on alert you know, when you see someone who might have mental health struggles because you know how real that is? Uh-huh. Yes. I w- I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you think about that a lot as your kids grew up, too? No, not not so much. No, I think it's always in the back of your mind mm-hmm. um, when you've had that. But, uh, I, you know, maybe not, you know, maybe the girl thing mm. kind of didn't seem... It, it's not quite as prevalent. I might be yeah, wrong. Yeah, you do. I do mm-hmm. feel like you hear about it more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the male and mm-hmm. in, in males. Yes, is yeah. that true? Well, I I think in my experience, it when is, I yeah, like when yeah, I think of all the it, people in I my don't life, know factually yeah. whether it is, but yeah. that's kind of how I I always think of it. It's more young males. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are your parents still alive? Yes, both of my parents. I actually have a grandmother who's living. She's 97. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> when was the last time you went back to New Zealand? Um, 2010. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's been a while. Do you have plans? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. When Next are you going year. back? Really? Mm-hmm. Are you taking your girls? Um, I don't know exactly what... Um, who's who's coming and who's who's not yet so yeah but I'm I'm looking forward to it I have seen my family many times since they've I've, come here yeah I had my youngest brother uh, Phil he got married in Canada okay. uh, a couple of years ago and so I went to the wedding there and then my sisters have visited here and my mom so um it's yeah I mean I've seen my family yeah Mm-hmm. Um, how did your mom, how did your parent, like, how are your parents now? I mean, losing a child like that, that was so long ago, but well, how? you know, my mom, as I said, my mom, I was really a single mom. Oh, my parents okay, separated, yep. um, mm-hmm. when I was very young and I really don't have a relationship Man, with my six dad. Kids. I know. Wow. Catholic. <laughs> yeah, but and to do that, and she was doing it on her own. I know she really was. My wow. mom, um, is an incredible role model. Uh, she, Put herself so when when my mom when we were young my mom was a seamstress okay and she ended up uh, she went back to school and became a nurse she's an RN okay and while raising six children six. on her own I mean I have four with an mm-hmm. incredible partner mm-hmm. I can't yeah. even imagine yeah. I think at one point she had five under five wow so um so she uh, you know her you know way of showing love was to provide for her children uh-huh. my mother was is ne- is not like a touchy feely okay. kind of lovey person my mom's but, the same way but she m- boy she um you know put her heart and soul into okay. providing yeah. for all of us we never we were always we were we were really pretty poor <laughs> and uh we were always very well clothed and fed and we we didn't go without anything so I you know obviously at the time you're like you know you see things differently and now I look at it and I have so much respect for my mom and and what she did the sacrifices she made in her life I mean 
that poor woman we we wouldn't oh I can't imagine we wouldn't you know allow her to date oh <laughs> we were we were horrible to any man that she had any interest in we drove them away well so. there were six of you oh, so it was, it was probably pretty easy to drive yeah. away it was usually uh, one of my sisters and I who were the yeah that would team up and <laughs> let where, air where out of their you? tires and all kinds of oh horrible things we were awful yeah. where are you in the lineup again I'm the oldest girl well, you're the oldest girl but yeah. are there any boys ahead of you uh, yes I have an older brother okay so you're second in the whole lineup second yeah okay yeah oh man did your mom ever ever remarry no okay. okay no no my dad my dad has remarried okay but you don't have a relationship with him I, I don't a funny story about my dad um so we my sisters and I our, our middle name and I'm not sure whether I, I guess my dad was give, given uh, the honor of choosing our middle names okay and it's since we've since found out that um the name that he chose was at the time was um, whatever his girlfriend's name was. All your middle names? Yes. Uh, which is, and your which mom is didn't funny. know at the time, obviously. No. Oh my but gosh. my sister Cherie, uh, her middle name is Lynn, and my dad is now married to Lynn. But no. <laughs> yeah. And is it the same Lynn? Yes, yes, yeah. And this so. is your youngest sister? Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. he's been married to her for a while then. Yes, he has. Yeah. Do you have a mistress middle name? I do, Patricia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess she was my aunt, Auntie Pat. <laughs> we can laugh about it now. I know, but gosh. Uh, awful. Awful, awful. Yeah, so terrible. Yeah. I mean, if I go back to New Zealand, I would probably see my dad. Would you? Yeah. His, it is time his, heals, you say. Yeah, it is his mother, who's my grandmother, okay. who's still living. And so. you have a relationship she's, with her? Yeah, she's great. Great Man, lady. in her 90s. Yeah. you got some longevity in your family. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody, I want to pop in real quick and thank a couple sponsors for this episode. And the first is Outdoor Voices. Outdoor Voices makes high quality active apparel to take you from gym life to everyday life seamlessly and fashionably. Outdoor Voices encourages living happier, healthier, more sustainable lives through daily exercise of any form. It's more about getting out there and trying than setting a record. They have products available for both men and women, and Outdoor Voices clothing is made to sweat in. Outdoor Voices offers free shipping and hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied. Outdoor Voices clothing is engineered for performance and designed for having fun with a fabric offered for every single type of activity. I have a couple of pieces from Outdoor Voices myself, and I wear them every single time they are clean. Their clothes are cute, they're comfortable, and I can wear them for anything. So for 20% off your first order of $100 or more, visit OutdoorVoices.com another and enter the promo code ANOTHER. Again, for 20% off your first order of $100 or more, visit OutdoorVoices.com another and enter the promo code ANOTHER. All right. And one more sponsor I want to thank before we continue my conversation with Denise, and that is Zola. Zola is a wedding company. They are reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. They will help couples from engagement to wedding to decorating your first home. Zola is there combining compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology. So Zola is the easiest way to plan your wedding and register. You can join 500,000 couples who have used Zola and conveniently manage everything online and in one place. It saves so much time. So Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with a free wedding website, your dream wedding registry, and affordable save the dates and invitations and easy to use planning tools. 
It takes just minutes to set up and there are over 100 beautiful website designs to choose from. You can personalize it, you can add photos and stories. There's a section that helps address awkward questions like, can I bring my kids? Do I have a plus one? And you can put your Zola registry on your wedding website so that guests can get all the details they need to know and buy your wedding gift in one convenient and beautiful place. Guests will love the free shipping and returns, price matching and more. And Zola also has the best completion discount, 20% off remaining gifts of your registry starting right after your big day. There's the ease of so many planning features all on one site. It's free and you can build your dream registry. So to start your free wedding website and get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to Zola.com slash another. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash another. Again, to start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, Z-O-L-A, go to Zola.com slash another. Thank you, Zola and Outdoor Voices for supporting this episode of the podcast. Let's continue my conversation with Denise. Okay, so you walked through this divorce. Yes. And then what? Um, You know, just really started... um reinventing my life, I guess, or actually figuring out who I was because it, it was a very isolating marriage. And Why so? Um, I, I guess because of his insecurities, he uh, really, uh, I guess, frowned upon having friendships with other women. Oh, that's hard. I, yeah, so I really had no, uh, no friendships with women. Um I, and it's not it's not as terrible as it sounds. It wasn't like uh, it was abusive in any way, but um, you know, he just kept his control. He didn't want me to be around other women who maybe you know I, I don't know maybe I would you know do things with and take 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 me away from him. So um, it was an isolating marriage. So I really struggled when I came out of it. Um, I remember when the girls would be you know at his house. I, I could have just come out of my skin. I just being alone was so hard for me. Um, so that took, you know, just time. Again, it just took time, a lot of time to to sort of learn um, who I was. Gosh, I mean, I still am, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it just took a lot of time. And, you know, I was just trying to, uh, you know, I bought a house and um, slowly, you know, um, started dating. And This isn't the house we're in now, is it? No, no. I've lived in, uh, I was living in Avon, so I bought a house okay. out there and um, my girls went to school out there so it was just you know I was you living keep, in the burbs keeping them there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which now you guys Denise at the young age of 54 <laughs> lives in hip broader I do I know yeah, I love saying it actually so I love telling people because they you know they're like oh you live in oh wow condo <laughs> yeah and it's so funny I would again I would never have thought I would have ever lived in broad ripple when I it's it's funny, isn't it? You know? Well, I feel like if you still lived in Avon, your social life would my be life so would be different. very different. Yeah, I mean, actually, my life would be nothing. You know, uh, nothing what it is now. Um, but interesting, one of your very best friends lives in, lives Avon. in Avon. She does. Famy lives in Avon, and yeah. that wasn't even. And you know, like she lived. She lives a mile from where I used to live. No way. And we never knew each other. Really? Um, well, I wasn't a runner. She yeah. was. Yeah. 
I wasn't. I may I may have seen her on the street sometime and thought, oh, look at a crazy woman. Yeah, what is she doing? <laughs> what is she doing? Why would somebody run? That's so stupid, which yeah. is really how I used to think. <laughs> she lived a mile from Yes, you. yeah, maybe less. We got to get Femi on the show, too. Yeah, she, yeah she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's so hilarious. And <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you see her very frequently, even mm-hmm. though she lives out in Avon. We run she, a lot. Yeah, and she works over, you know, she kind of has to pass through this way to so get to her work. We, yeah, when we were, you know, this, this year we trained... Uh, together for the Chicago Marathon and uh, so Femi and I would meet after work Uh, we we ran together at least a couple of times a week and Um, Femi's is she the same age as you um close yes yeah Yeah, she's got grandkids she has a lot of grandkids yeah she's got like a million grandkids (laughs) because she has five children yeah yeah I know Yeah. yeah so she has yeah, I've just got the one. She's got, yeah, she's got me beat on that. Yeah, you guys, Denise is like the hottest grandma <laughs> I've ever met. <laughs> she is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's true. Oh, well. You know, I'll post a picture of people and be like, I can't believe that woman's a grandma. <laughs> so, okay. And what I am finding so interesting about you talking about you being feeling isolated mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that time in your life mm-hmm. is how rich your relationships are yeah, with your yeah. female friends now. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it truly is the, uh, and that's really only come about because um, I, I really put myself out there. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I believe I nurture friendships mm-hmm. and. Um, you do, you text me randomly and I'm yeah. like, I feel so special. <laughs> well, I, because, you I, know, I really, we I try, you know, that's, it's important to me because, um, you know, uh, you know, people come and go in your life yep. and uh, the friendships I have with uh, my my women friends are just they just give me so much yeah. and it really is true you know what you put in you get out yeah it, re- it really is and I've met amazing women and every you know uh, w- again women who run and women who don't and it's just it's just been wonderful you know I remember the first day we met at Athletic Annex, it was so. There's a group of amazing women uh, in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and Carmel, and they had this group called Team Film, mm-hmm. and it was these women that all got together and did adventurous things. Mm-hmm. They ran crazy relays, and um, they still have a group going on. It's I don't think it's as active as it it's used to right. be. But it I met positive women. Positive uplifting. women. Lifting. Oh, they want. It's a great group of women. I mean, in hardcore mm-hmm. badass women, yeah, like they are. running hundred mile yes. races. <laughs> Um, and I specifically remember we met and I was at this team film function and you said, I, what I love about this women is they don't get, ar- they don't get around each other and just complain mm-hmm. about their husbands all the right. time. That's true. I did say that. You yeah. said that yeah. was the exact thing, yeah. the exact thing you said. And I thought, I love that she said that. I don't want to be around a bunch of women yeah. who are complaining about their yeah. husbands. They just, it was all positive. There was no negativity. Yeah. And, and also and no of cattiness. themselves, it was no cattiness. Which is unusual. So. <laughs> yeah, with a group of women. <laughs> it was really, yeah, that was really refreshing. It stuck out to me so yeah. much when you said that. I and enjoyed it, their company. It made me think of times I've been with other women mm-hmm. when people would complain about their spouses. And I just, I don't want to be in a mm-hmm. place where people mm-hmm. are complaining about their mm-hmm. spouse. I mean, there's a time and a place mm-hmm. when you <laughs> need to vent. Yes. And I do that too. I've got some girlfriends. We right. vent to each other. But um, overall, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. There's that's just it's not refreshing to be around that. Right. 
Um, I also, agree. I have a pet peeve with people complaining about their jobs all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I'm Change like, it. <laughs> yeah, if you can, because yeah, some people yeah. are in a situation where they can't, but if you can mm-hmm. do something about it, because I do not want to sit through a dinner where I hear you complain about your job. <laughs> Let's find something better to talk about. Right. Right. Um, but how did you get from that isolation, mm-hmm. your divorce, mm-hmm. your, you're going back to school mm-hmm. to where you are now? Um, okay. Well, I, you know, I was just going about my business, working, um, raising my girls. When, uh, you know, my oldest daughter went to college, left home. Um, there's about four years difference, four and a half years difference um, in, in age. So um, my youngest daughter, um, in her, I guess it was her last year of high school. I'm trying to think how old I was. It might have been a year after that. Um no, it's right around there was when I actually uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. Um, so that's all, you know, clearly a life changing yeah. <laughs> uh, situation. Um, so uh, interestingly, my younger sister, my youngest sister, was diagnosed uh, with breast cancer two months, two or three months before I was. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's no history in my family. You were both diagnosed yeah. within two months of it, each other. Yeah. In fact, everyone I've spoken to has said it's probably just coincidental. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I've lived on a different continent since I was 21. Right. So, so it's like not, not environmental. environmental. Yeah. So, I mean, it was very... I remember going for my mammogram and... Just your regular checkup? Yeah, regular checkup. That's how it was found. So, yeah, get your mammogram. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't, you know... I, I remember being a little on edge because of my sister. But, uh, you know, I sort of thought, well, it would be ridiculous. Of course I'm not, you know. Right, like, what yeah. are the odds that both of us... Yeah. And I remember... Um, I went, uh, they, they found, I, it's, it's, it, some of it's a little blurry, but they found something and I had to have a biopsy. And then I remember getting a phone call at work. I was sitting at my desk mm. and this person, this woman called me and just said, yeah, it's cancer. It was it just, it was so blasé. No, it was not. It was, what? it was the craziest thing. She said, yeah, it's cancer. And I'm going, what, what, what? And she said, you need to you need to make an appointment with a surgeon. Here's her number, and I'm freaking out. You know, she said it is can. So this is how crazy it was. You start you start googling when someone says to you, "It's cancer." What does that you know? What does that mean? Does that mean it's bad or is it not that bad? Right, <laughs> you because know, you she go, was so nonchalant. She was about so nonchalant, yeah. and of course, you know, the surgeon I couldn't get into for you know ten days. Or something like crazy like that. And I, just horrible, horrible. And you were just waiting. And in that time, you know. And this was just an appointment with the surgeon to yeah, like discuss yeah, yeah. what to do. What to do next. And, you know, the surgeon was the most amazing doctor. Oh, you've talked about her yeah. with me before. What's her name? Uh, Dr. Monet Bowling. Okay. And she's um, with St. Vincent. Or she was? She wa- no, she was at, I went at uh, IU. Okay. Um, I'm not sure where she is now, but she's a runner. I've seen her on okay. the Monon. So yeah, she runs with Black Girls Run. She does. She? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so anyway she was amazing she the first thing she said to me is you're going to be okay oh and it was really you know I really needed to hear that um also you're alone like yeah it, it's you just, know what I mean it's like terrifying I, w- I would think of like my spouse sitting yeah. next to me yeah well I I did have I did have someone with me you had a yeah uh, I had someone you were dating mm-hmm. or I did one yes. of your daughters yeah and 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 he was wonderful okay um 
very, very helpful. So, That's you know, awesome. he heard and asked questions that I was just, I was so numb. And, That's so good that um, you had him with So that you. was good. So immediately, you know, it was at the end of the year, I had, you know, surgery. Uh, I had a lumpectomy. I was actually, you know, if you're going to have breast cancer, you want the one I had. Um, What'd you, what was ER it, stage positive. one? Stage one, um, you know, less than two millimeter tumor. So I had a lumpectomy. I was kind of in the gray area of whether I should have um, chemo and radiation. Okay. And I actually opted not to have chemo, not to have chemo because I had done a lot of research mm -hmm. and I just felt like there was, and, and they actually said to me, you know, there's a very uh, small um, advantage to having it. and Because, because of, of how early your stage mm -hmm. was. Yeah. So I opted not to do that and just did the radiation um, and, you know, didn't miss a day of work. I was determined not to. So would you go in and do radiation in the yeah, morning and then yeah. go to work? I would. I would. I somehow talked them into um, getting there early and getting me in before the first appointment of the day mm. uh, so I could be at work and I was still at work before my coworkers. So, <laughs> so did you feel like making sure you didn't miss any work was just a really important piece of? I think, yeah. I think for me, it was about um, just proving mm. to myself that I was okay mm -hmm. and that my life hadn't changed, even though it had. Yeah. Um, I just needed this normal, this, this, this uh, you know, whatever, you know, just go to work, you know, and not think about it and um, just, you know, continue, continue on with my life. It was just, I would just sort of block it out, I guess. Um, what was the hardest part for you going through that? I mean, I always find like when I'm fearful about something, nighttime mm -hmm. is always my hardest mm -hmm. time. Oh, there would, there were, there would be times, I mean, you know, clearly, uh, even though everyone's telling you you're okay, um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even today, mm -hmm. I find myself, um, you know, if I feel a pain, I'm like, well, you know, it's clearly in my liver now, or yeah. it's in, you know, and, and I think that'll always be there. You know, getting my yearly mammogram is, um, is always a very unnerving time. You, I watch them like a hawk. You, you do know? it every year at I the do. same time. Yeah. And I watch them like a hawk. I'm, I watch them. Um, I'm like, oh, she looked, she looked to the left. Oh, sure. Uh oh, that means something. Oh, sure. So it's, it's just, mm -hmm. you know, but then I just, I, I try to embrace that. And this is just part of this, you know, I'm always going to feel that way. Um, and then you get the clean bill of health and it's, and it's, and it's great. So do you have to do MRIs too? No, no, mm -mm. That's no, great. just the 3D. And you only do have to do it once a year mm -hmm. then. Yeah. I mean, I have, I do still see, um, my oncologist once a year. Okay. And, uh, because I'm on a medication, tamoxifen. Okay. okay. Uh, How long do you take that for? Well, typically five years, but I'm past the five year mark now. So they've now recommending it for 10 years. So. Is that just the guidelines have changed or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that it is helpful to take it 10 years. So that's what I'm doing. But um, after the after the radiation, I did have another surgery. I had a oophorectomy. Oh, you is, did? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's just your uterus, not your ovaries. I, it was my ovaries and fallopian tubes. Okay. Ovary, yeah. And why did not you me. choose to do that? Well, they actually recommend it because I was still um, menstruating. So okay. they were trying to obviously stop estrogen. Okay, yeah. so you don't have your ovaries. I don't. No, I couldn't have a baby. Isn't that sad? <laughs> <laughs> At 54. At 54. It'd be so a miracle. You still have your uterus, but not your... Yes. Okay. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, I have to get the... His, I have to have a hysterectomy uh -huh. because my uh -huh. BRCA mutation. Right, right. Ah. I'm probably going to try to wait until I'm 40. Um, I, but I just I like you said... Wait 
yeah. as long as possible. I know. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, when you go in and get the mammograms and mm-hmm. you're looking like, yeah. so I have to, and I actually need to make this appointment. I like get my ovaries checked to make mm-hmm. sure everything looks right, okay. Right. And I do the same thing with the yeah. ultrasound tech. I'm like, what are you looking at? Yeah. Why are you looking that you, way? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. you can't really tell me anything because you're not the doctor. But right. Like, Does everything but look But I know normal? something's up. I know it. <laughs> but like, I know you know what, what healthy ovaries look yeah. like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I'll probably wait until my husband wants me to wait till I'm 40 and yeah, um, just yeah. keep an eye on things um, because, man, putting your body through all these mm-hmm. babies and stuff, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I just want to give myself a little bit of a yeah, break. I think that's good. But I didn't plan. know that you had had one. Yeah, yeah. That okay. was the last thing. So you had the lumpectomy, mm-hmm. you did the radiation, and mm-hmm. then you did the oophorectomy. Yeah, yeah. So did you take hormone therapy or anything? No. Okay, you mm-hmm. decided not to do that. No, I, I really can't. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you can't. So I've had to deal with, uh, you know, uh, still today, horrible menopause. Tell us about <laughs> oh menopause. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, you don't want to know. It is, it is really, it's, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, the hot flashes, oh, all, the whole yeah, nine yards. Yeah, I, you know, sleep with a fan on. Still, are you still going through? Yeah, yeah. I think actually, I think maybe partly um, it's a side effect of the tamoxifen too. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I can just sit there and like my entire face just you know starts melting. Oh gosh. It's awful. You know, at work, and it's often in um, you know, uh, it's sort of not maybe a stressful situation. Uh-huh. It seems, and you can just feel it rising in your body. Okay. And completely soaked. Completely. Mm. So, so do you go to work with with a change of clothes? Just in no, case? but I just I'm like fanning, and you know it's this. Yeah. All right. So in this during this mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. once you had your lumpectomy, mm-hmm. you found running. I did. shortly after. Yeah. It's okay. So I found running. Um, it's an interesting story, and it's a funny story. So I, I'll probably tell you. But um, I moved. You know, so having breast cancer, I suddenly realized. You know. I needed to make some major changes in my life. Okay. You were still living in the I suburbs. Was. And one of them was, you know, I don't have any kids at home anymore. I can live wherever I want. So I, for, you know, I work close to Broad Ripple. So I was like, oh, this is a good, a good place to start looking. And I just liked something about it. It's kind of charming. I mm-hmm. liked the area. And I found, um, I found my condo um, was the first place I looked at. And I just, it I want to move in. It just spoke to me. And so I, you know, I, I bought that and moved in. Um, I live right on the Monon Trail. It's so, so I have great. access to the Monon from where I live. And again, you know, I thought, well, that's kind of nice. That's a nice trail. I didn't not really you ah. know, think I was going to use it. Uh-huh. And I had started dating somebody who was a runner. And he was training for a marathon and had... Um, said to me, it was like our second or third date. He said, "Why don't I come over?" He's, you know, I maybe kind of pretended I was a runner, maybe. <laughs> and so he came over. He was tapering before a marathon, and he's like, "Well, I'm just going to do this easy run." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So he came over, and uh, we get out there, and <laughs> it was so. How ridiculous. far was he running? Well, I think he was doing probably five or six miles or oh, something. That's a lot. So I know, like a mile into it, I'm like. Oh my gosh! This I'm dying, and you, I'm you absolutely dying. I'm not a runner. Were you were you an exercise enthusiast? Like, did you work um, out? Not a lot. On sporadically, yeah, you know, okay. I would go. I would do yoga for a while. I would okay. do something, but I I had run on and off a little bit. You but weren't I was a sedentary not a person, runner. Though. No, not really. Yeah. Um. So about a mile into it, this was like in <laughs> August or September. So oh, it was really hot. hot. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I can't keep this up. <laughs> and so I said something about, you know, I'm going to head back. Yeah. You just go on and I'll get, I was making smoothies or something. I'll head back. I'll make that. I got back to my, my condo, raced upstairs, jumped in the shower. <laughs> it's like, because I was just, I was so, uh, you know, it was just, I was just, it was obviously a big pretense and I never did tell him that story. That's so, so <laughs> it was funny. funny. Well, maybe but, you know, but it got me, I got the, the bug. I got, you know, I got the bug and then I actually started running. Yeah. And so was it that day that gave you the bug? Like I want to yeah. be able to run more than a mile without yes. like dying? Yes. And I started, I started running and I, you know, and then very soon after that I found Team Film and mm. I found. Uh, and you just totally seeked those girls I out. I did. I read, and there was an article in a magazine okay. that I found them and I tracked them down. And you just showed up and all I by yourself? I showed up. They, they had, they were meeting for some trail run and I just showed up. I didn't mm. know anybody. I mean, it was really out of my comfort zone. Yeah. But, um, you know, the rest is history as they say because, you know, these wonderful women are part of my life yeah 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 okay and so this is this is four years ago mm-hmm. four or five years ago yeah and you've run correct me if I'm wrong but three marathons three marathons then. yeah I have yeah. <laughs> so then you also found you kind of hooked up with athletic annex mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. do a lot of the training runs with people there mm-hmm. so tell us about that relationship because um one of the what is Tom was one of the original oh, guys yes. at yeah. Athletic Annex. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Burleson has been there for like, I want to say 35 years. Yes. He You're is. right. If, if anybody lives in Indy or visits Indianapolis and you go to Athletic Annex and you meet Tom, he's just like mm-hmm. the nicest mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. He's a 215 marathoner. Yeah. It might yes. even be 213. I don't yeah. know. He's been to several Olympic trials. Yeah. I think. Back in the day, he mm-hmm. was like really fast. He's in his Nike 60s runner. now. Yeah. He yeah. For Nike. Um, but he kind of like takes this on to like just coach people yeah. because he loves it. He does. And he's good at yeah. it. He's passionate about it. And but so you and a couple of the girls, mm-hmm. you guys run with the training program. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just a, such a big part of your life now. It is. It is. It's a huge part of my life because I know what I'm doing on Saturday morning. Um, you know, I'm going to show up. And I, I think that uh, really, if you if you know you're meeting somebody, you have that accountability, it's, uh, it makes it so much easier uh to do and uh, necessary i guess it is necessary you know you're you're going to show up and you can just hop on over there i know i walk down there most that's because parking in broad ripple is difficult so yeah i do i walk down it's it's about 0.4 of a mile so now that it's so ingrained in your life because what do you what do you say you run like five days a week um, yeah, I would say five days a week and I, I do that and I do Orange Theory a couple of days a you week. You do Orange I Theory? I do. Did you love it? I love it. Really? I really do. Yeah. What's your mile time? Because I know they do those like mile oh, times on the treadmill. I know. You know what? I don't, I don't really. So the running, I don't go all out on the running because okay. I run so much yeah. outside of there. Yeah. I, I focus more on, the, I, that's the, really the only strength training I sure. do and the rowing. Um, but I would never have thought again, I would never have thought I would like to a class like orange theory because it's kind of, um, a little competitive, maybe high Mm -hmm. and, you know, high intensity and you're moving all the time and it just didn't, wouldn't have seemed appealing to me. Um, but I, I'm hooked. Yeah. (laughs) So talk to us about as if someone were listening who thinks, Man, all these people who are always on this show mm-hmm. or, you know, all these runners I see have been running since they're like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what would your comments be about like, it's really never too late? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's true. I mean, it, it, it never is too late. Um, I look at it that, um, you know, what have you got to lose? Yeah. Because what I have gained, and it's not it, partly from the, the physical act of running. Um, you know, obviously, I, um, I think I'm in, in pretty good shape for my age. and You're I in good shape for any age, <laughs> by the way. I just, <laughs> but you, I just want you to know that. Well, it's, thank you. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think the, uh, that side of it, you know, I can eat what I want, drink what I want, um, enjoy life. But it, the, the, the true benefits are in the friendships mm. I have made, the connections I've made, um, the, you know, the emotions I've felt um, in, in, you know, during a marathon, uh, you know, you go to, to all, to, as you know, a marathon will, will take you to all different places. I mean, it's empowering, it's painful, it's life-changing, <laughs> and it all happens, you know, within, for me, like a four-hour period. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, but I think when you've, when you've experienced that yourself and you see other people... Um, and I, I can't, I, I remember watching you finish the, the monumental. Oh, I love that you guys year. were there. And, and I, I, you know, you were coming down the, the chute and I could see every emotion on oh, your face. I'm, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and I, and I totally, you were with your husband, yeah. you're with Glenn. And I knew what it had taken for you to get to that point. Yeah. And it's such a gift to see that and witness it in other people. It is such a gift. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I was telling you earlier with watching, um, you know, my dear friend Erin Vergara mm-hmm. finish the uh, Monumental a couple of weeks ago, I knew, you know, she her 5 a.m. runs in the morning in the dark on the Monon. Yeah. And, you know... To see, uh, it just makes me incredibly proud and um, thankful that, you know, these people like you are in my life. It's it's really amazing. You know, that's such a good point. Like standing at the finish line Mm. of a marathon will give you no other, like nothing else will motivate you to go run another marathon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, mile 20, (laughs) (laughs) not not. so much, (laughs) but yeah, definitely it is. It's just inspiring. Yeah. It really is. I'm like, seriously, you guys don't see me, but Denise is looking in my eyes and I'm like welling up with tears. She is. (laughs) Because I was thinking about. I made her cry. (laughs) You saying that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was crying when yeah, I was like, you were. Yeah. because I was mm-hmm. like, just coming off that third baby, yeah. I was just yeah. like, there's so many overwhelming things yeah. I felt in my life. And running that marathon was, A, it was freedom because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was doing what I love, but B, it was just like, I did it mm-hmm. and I, and I ran my fastest time. Mm-hmm. And if, if I can do that right now, what, you know, what yeah. else can I yeah. do? And it just makes you feel not invincible, but it really does. strong. Yeah. You know what? Running um, another, you know, makes me think when you said invincible, um, that has been something running, uh, running in cancer. Um, when I run, I truly feel like it can't get me. Yep. And um, I feel strong and invincible. Yep. And, you know, for that for that time, for I'm that okay. Yeah. And, you know, I'll take that. (laughs) Right. I'll take it. Yeah. You know, and sometimes when I'm having like bouts of anxiety and Mm -hmm. moments and um, bouts of fearfulness in my life, sometimes the last thing I want to do is go run because Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's almost like I'm like shielding myself from Mm -hmm. 
from giving myself the freedom to mm-hmm. not be scared for that mm-hmm. 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But truly I feel better yeah. when yeah. I run and yeah. when I'm done running. Right. So I don't know why I hide from mm-hmm. it when mm-hmm. I'm feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. Isn't mm-hmm. that strange? Yeah. Yeah. Because it truly it does take that away. It helps. I mean, I can just, I can step onto the Monon and, you know, I have this appreciation for the, uh, you know, nature and it sounds, it sounds a little cheesy, but I really do. I mean, I can look up and I can be running in the snow and I'm like, I, you know, 10 years ago, I would have thought somebody was insane (laughs) to run in the snow, running at all. But, you know, I would have thought they were nuts. And, and yet there's just, if you look for it, there's, um, you know, that joy is, is there. You just have to be open to it. Can you imagine now that it's such a big part of your life, like yeah. how it ever wasn't? No, I can't. <laughs> I know. And, you know, and people, um, people, I guess, just assume that You've always I've run. always run. Yeah. You know, and when they hear I've only run a few years, um, you know, it's, you know, people are shocked. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, my, but, you know, I'll have good knees when I'm That's 70. right. <laughs> this is so they, true. They weren't worn out. Let's hope. <laughs> Can you imagine what your knee? I wonder what yeah, your knees would if be. If I've been running. Yeah. And maybe you would be genetically gifted that, yeah. like, your knees wouldn't be worn right, out. But, right, You know, because you see someone like Tom. Yeah, yeah. Know. I wanted to ask you about your most recent marathon. Because uh-huh. you ran Chicago. Yes. She just, you guys, Denise just ran Chicago a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and you ran with Famie, who we've mm-hmm. talked about a couple times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Famie's fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ran by your side the whole time. Famie and Jeff, her husband. Oh, Jeff mm-hmm. ran with you too? Yeah. Yeah. So oh. the three of us went to Chicago. Great. Um, to run, you know, the marathon. Uh, I uh, Chicago was by far my favorite marathon. Okay. So tell us about the experience. It was actually my slowest, but it was my favorite. So um, just the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, I, I love Chicago. Uh, but the people, uh, it just seemed like the city was alive and, um, you know, we, we, we did all have goals of what we wanted to run. But were you planning to run together from the start? We were going to start together okay. and just see what happened, okay. you know. Um, so we, we did all set out together. I mean, it's an, it's an incredibly crowded. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, you know, what running in 45,000 people <laughs> was going to be like. So, you know, it you could not get, you know, your first few miles were really difficult to do, to run a good time. So we just started running and going with the flow. And uh, about halfway through, might have been close to, um, you know, uh, Femi um, pulled her hamstring. She's had this hamstring injury. So that flared up. And at that moment, we all sort of looked at each other and decided we were going to finish it together. Okay. So we did slow down. A lot. Um, we, you know, at one point, you know, we stopped at the biofreeze tent and we're trying to, you know, help her with that. But it it ended up being, we, we just were, because we were running so much slower, uh, walking at times, we could appreciate mm. um, it so much more. And it became so much more than just running a time. It, be- it really became about friendship. Yeah. And I would never have left Femi. Um, certainly Jeff would never have left her. Mm-hmm. And so the three of us had a great time. We really enjoyed it. And um, I just, I can't think of a better reason to run a marathon, you know. So do you think about the goals that you had mm-hmm. time-wise mm-hmm. and think, I still want to go back and do yes. that? Yes. 
Yeah. I did put my name back in for each year. <laughs> for Chicago? Yes. Specifically, you want to do it there? I do. Okay, why yeah. Chicago? Well, I just, I you know, I just, I like it. Yeah. I, I just, it was a great experience. Okay. Really it was just the best. Um, and, you know, we went out and had a fabulous dinner that night and celebrated. And I, just the whole weekend was about friendship and, and, and you know, again, that equals, you know, race uh, running um, to me. Yeah. It's, it's the friendships. Yeah. Well, and it also to me says, let's not take ourselves too seriously. So seriously. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to qualify for sure. the Olympics, sure. to be honest. I, you know, so, you know, if I finish in, in four hours or five hours, it, it's at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. And that really doesn't mean that much to me. I mean, I'd worked really hard. Yeah, you I trained, trained a lot. Hard. I, tra- I trained hard. Um, but, you know, there'll be, another, there'll be another time for that. And speaking of training hard, I mean, you're running 50 miles a week. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. I mean, that's big mileage. Yeah, it is. Um but you know, I I like it. I enjoy it. I I I enjoy all. Uh, you know, it's easy to say now when I'm I'm not when I'm really basically I'm <laughs> running we're maybe drinking, running yeah drinking wine we're drinking wine drinking may, uh, running maybe ten miles a week right now. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're still in recovery. I, I that's what I keep telling myself. I'm a, I'm a huge Ooh. advocate of uh-huh. recovery, at least until after the holidays. Totally, so. <laughs> because so do you think you'll run another one in the spring or just next um, fall? I think I might run a half. Okay. Yeah. I'm just undecided. Like a local half. Yeah, I think so. Um, Maybe the same Costa, maybe Carmel. Um, I'm not sure. But yeah, right now it's just about, you know, this morning we went out, I met friends, we ran. Um, I don't, I think, I don't even know if I made it five miles and yeah. we got back and we cooked a big breakfast at Here. Athletic Annex. Oh, at Annex. Yeah, oh, we did. And we sat Annex around like and best. yeah, I sat around, um, had, um, Would you guys make mimosa? pancakes over there? No, Famy made these little eggs. She made them she at did. Annex. No, no, she bought them with her. Made it. And Tom then you cooked, cooked up them up some there. Potatoes and oh. uh, we had mimosas. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, what a great way to spend a Saturday morning. And what I love is that Athletic Annex has a little kitchen. Oh, so it's great. It's a house. Yeah. yeah. So like, this is a local specialty run store in our community, and um, they have a bigger. Uh, store mm-hmm. up north but their store that's on the monon it's like a little house and mm-hmm. it has a kitchen in it which i love that you're mm-hmm. utilizing it like yeah. you're like this is my home right it's my right. second home yeah. and yeah. we're just Absolutely. gonna make breakfast. coffee it was great yeah. oh that's great so fun yeah and again what you know what else would i be doing on a saturday morning i mean you know we're up and and have run and had breakfast and a lot of people are still in bed yeah and it just seems an awful waste to me it's there so are nice a lot of people too. out there. so close to your house <laughs> yeah yeah it is i love this community love it in my next life like meaning like uh-huh. in five years when my youngest kid is not a <laughs> three month old yes. i i envision myself like being a part of that and like joining yeah. you guys yeah. and i can do that sometimes now but it's just it's, it's much harder i know yeah saturday mornings are tough because yeah. the kids have sports yeah. and you yeah. know all that you're right stuff, in the middle of all that i mm-hmm. really want to, not that they're not going to have sports in five years. What am I talking about? That's true. About? You're really at the beginning. But <laughs> <laughs> I, we can juggle things juggle. differently yeah. though, throughout the yeah. years. Like right now, it's just kind of like, you know, it's yeah. just the crazy. But um, I love that. I love picturing you guys there on Saturday morning. Oh, and when I is. was scheduling this interview with you and you were like, anytime Saturday afternoon, <laughs> Glenn was like, she's running, running. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <She is. laughs> not that I would schedule it at right. 9 a.m. anyway. Uh-huh. Um, well, let's get, 
I don't want to stop, but we have to get to the end of the podcast questions. Okay. Um, thank you for sharing your story. And either, there's somebody listening right now that has also overcome breast cancer or divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, a, like there's hope. Awful <laughs> situation with family members like mm-hmm. happened with your brother. And mm-hmm. um, I think that they're probably hearing a woman right now who sounds really strong and positive and hopefully it'll be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love that. Okay. So, you know, you listen to the podcast. Yes. There's you know questions. We, yeah. There's questions <laughs> at the end. Um, fire away. Fire away. <laughs> what is one thing personally or professionally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? You know, I, I really did think about this one maybe more than any of them. Um, and I, and I don't want it to sound cheesy, but honestly, I think uh, I want to find a way to uh, reach women who have um, gone through that, that. Maybe my story or um, you know, my experiences can help them in some way, be it mentoring or um, I just haven't found the outlet for that yet. Does that mean you're giving everybody listening to this podcast your email? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I just, what does that look like for you? What I, do you that's think what that I don't know. Like? I, I, you know, I, let I, me help you. I, I want to be a part of it. Okay. Help me. You figure <laughs> it out for me. Um, you know, I, I just have this feeling that that's what mm-hmm. I should be doing. Mm-hmm. I love so, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just keep with your normal everyday job. Which yeah. you didn't mention, by the way. What do you do? I am um, a marketing director, assisted living. I work at a retirement community okay. for. I do assisted living and memory care. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep doing that, but mm-hmm. you want to find a way. Yeah, I mean, this is not necessarily something you know that I'm paid for. It's really your passion. Just uh, something that I feel like um, I should, because I have had these experiences. Yeah. Um, you know pass that on yeah mm-hmm. you know sometimes I feel like it's scary to like put that out there it is it is and I you know I have spoken to different women just one-on-one yeah. um that you know and I think you know I if I had had somebody like that mm-hmm. you know when I was diagnosed with cancer you know somebody that it's like your whole you're you're looking for something that tells you you're going to be okay and to see somebody who has you know years down the down the road who did the same thing you did did the same surgeries you're you're looking for comparisons and so to see that I I think is really important and helpful I love that your doctor said that to you I know it was truly just that's you're going to be okay and the minute she said that I believed her. I mean, I believe she's a surgeon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I believed her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what is, um, what's the best, most recent book you read? Did you read? Do you read? Yeah, I do. You know, I, I am reading a book. This sounds really a little morbid, but it's called, uh, Being Mortal. Okay. You heard of it? No. Atul Gawande, I believe is the author. Um, it really is about, um, dying with dignity Mm. and, and how, we can better do that. It's really, a, it's a great book. It sounds scary. It's no, it's actually <laughs> lovely. It's really, a, it? it's a lovely book. Yeah. Does yeah. it make you feel more at peace with mortality? Well, 
I look at it, it's a little bit, beca- it's, it really focuses a lot on the aging, on, you know, the older mm-hmm, population, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. clearly I'm not. Um, <laughs> you are right <laughs> in the middle, sister. So, but it's about, um, you know, how nursing homes and, mm-hmm. and uh, handle, you know, uh, people's last, uh, you know, last years, months, whatever it might be. And it's just, a, it's a different perspective and how we can better serve people, um, in the, in that time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I do see a lot of, uh, a lot of death, um, in my job and it's really, it's really made me sort of, uh, reflective, I guess. Um, do you get to know the people very well? Yeah. yeah. I love, I love my residents. Yeah. 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 I love it. Who's someone that like, oh. do you have anybody that's like, gosh, yeah. You know, there's, I mean, I have so many favorites, yeah. but there's a, there's, there's, there's a guy, um, he passed away a year or so ago. He was, um, very w- uh, well known in, in, in certain areas in Indianapolis. Okay. He was actually instrumental in starting the Monon oh, trail. And that's so he, cool. he and I had this lovely connection because I would talk to him at breakfast and he loved, I just started running. Okay. And so he loved that I was using the Monon and he would, uh, mm. you know, talk to me about it. And I sat with him um, before he died. He was in the hospital and I went to see him and um, just, you know, he was nonverbal at okay. that time. And, and he just kept squeezing my hand and it was just, uh, it just, you know, it's just stayed with me and just a really special person. But there was, in my job that, I mean, these people, these are people who have lived these rich, amazing lives. Mm-hmm. And for some of them, you know, they're at their most vulnerable point and to, to treat them with respect and not talk down to them because, you know, perhaps they're not remembering the way they used to. Um, I always try to focus on this is, this is any of us mm-hmm. and we're all going to get Hopefully to that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Mm. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you've you've probably learned a lot from those people. I have learned a lot. Yeah. I've learned a lot about um, you know living and a lot about dying with dignity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. If you could have coffee or cocktail with someone fun, inspiring, or motivating, who would it be? Uh, well, it's easy. It's cocktail, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <We're>, well. <laughs> We're having, we're not having a cocktail. cocktail. And you know, honestly, I, it would be with my sisters. Yeah. I have to say with my sisters, my two sisters, because I miss them. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, it's simple. Yeah. I love spending time with them. So that tells me that your sister that also had breast cancer is doing well. She is. She's doing great. Yeah. She have the same situation as you? No, she had, hers was a little more advanced. Okay. So she had, um, uh, more surgeries. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they both live in New Zealand? They do. Okay. Yeah, they do. Next year, are you going to do that? Yeah. I mean, we Skype and stuff, but, you know, it's just not the same. I just, I love sitting with my sisters and yeah. having a glass of wine. Oh, and fun. Yeah. Love so that. that's what I would do. <laughs> What's your one message to send to the world? Oh, okay. It's actually a quote. Okay. It's a quote, and I actually have it on my wall okay. at work, um, and I look at it a lot, and it would be, uh, now and then it's good to pause in the pursuit of happiness and just be happy. Mm. Yeah. So, and I just try to remind myself that. 
Where'd you day. find that? You know, I wish I, I knew who, who wrote that. I don't. It was just one of those. Did you like find it at Home Goods or something? Yeah, it sounds like a Home Goods thing. Well, no, I'm no, just like, I, I just, I, I am a huge quote fan. Yeah. I love quotes. And I think I, you know, maybe I Googled inspirational quotes one day. I've, this was years ago. Okay. I've had this quote, you know. Did you have it made? No. Okay. No, I just have it on a piece of paper. Oh, on it's just on a piece of paper. Yeah. I'm picturing like a no. big piece of no, artwork. No, 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 no. It's just on a piece of paper on my bulletin board. Okay. Mm. I wasn't dogging it like, oh, that yeah. sounds like a home good. Yeah. Quote. Like, no, but it live, does. Laugh, love. Live, laugh. <laughs> That's right. More wine or, you know, <laughs> wine time or whatever it might be. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. I think we should all do that. Yeah. Okay. Say it again. Now and then, it's good to pause in the pursuit of of happiness and just be happy it's mm, good i keep envisioning um we've lived in our house for four years four and a half mm-hmm. and i'm still living in it like we're like still moving in you right. know like things aren't <laughs> finished and one of my girlfriends actually is pregnant and she's like just getting through her first trimester and she's talking about how she is um got all these things to do so the mm. pregnancy's flying by like get the new baby's mm-hmm. room ready mm-hmm. and i'm sitting here thinking my baby's three months old and his room is still not ready. <laughs> um, but it's okay. my point is, is that um, I did finally about a year ago paint the back wall in our bedroom mm-hmm. because it was this like poop brown color. Mm-hmm. Like why did they paint mm-hmm. it that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I painted it this really pretty blue and I want a quote mm-hmm. from a song mm-hmm. that I love. Mm-hmm. I want something on that back wall. Mm-hmm. And I can't oh. find w- just right. what it is. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. <laughs> yeah. And I it mean, says something about you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, it has to be the perfect mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. the perfect message, because I'm going to sleep under it every right. night. Right. Wow. So I don't know how long well, it'll good take. good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, you guys, um, Denise and I are going to enjoy a glass of wine. Yes. <laughs> And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for doing this, Denise. Oh, thank you. It's been fun. Yeah. You know, I was kind of nervous. Why? I don't know. I'm just not a big public speaker. <laughs> and and But, you know, then I kept reminding myself, it's, it's Lindsay. It's okay. Yeah, it's Lindsay. <laughs> and it's like just, we're just hanging out. It's all just a conversation. All these ears yeah. you're going to be blasting into. <laughs> you know, the cool thing is, though, Denise, is that people, not everybody who listens to this is a, is a runner, but most right. people are. And... It's people are going to be out on their runs listening to your story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some people are going to be relating to it. Some people are going to be saying like, I'm so inspired by this woman, even if I haven't walked through those things. And Mm -hmm. that's what I love about this is knowing that people are out there doing something Mm -hmm, for themselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and working hard Mm -hmm. at a goal and hearing stories of people Mm -hmm, who have, mm -hmm. you know, walked through these big things. Everybody's got a story and and it's just, the, the, the cool thing you know if you just listen I've been wanting to do this for a really long time we're going to make our way through some more athletic annex people uh, Denise had mentioned her friend Aaron Varagara who um, just at the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon uh, qualified for the Olympic trials not for the first time right for gosh she's probably done it four or five times there's two two or three I'm she's sure ran in yeah. two trials yes that's right she has 
Um, and actually, she ran in the last trial. She got like 19th place mm-hmm. when they were in L.A. She did. Like yeah. legit. And it was a really hot day. Hot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people dropped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, when I set up this interview with Denise, I was thinking of the other local people that I wanted to hit up. And Erin's mm-hmm. one of them. Um, she's just had a crazy yeah. last few years. So I'm excited to talk She'd to her great. too. She'd be great. Yeah. She'd be great. All right, Denise. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been fun. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening today. Thank you, Denise, for coming on and sharing your story. I know there are definitely people listening that have related to a lot that you talked about today. You guys, don't forget to come down and run the Donna Marathon with me in February. Use the code Lindsay15 to get 15% off your entry fee. And if you are new to the show today, thanks so much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and you'll come around for more. If you're loving the show and you've been listening for a while, I would love it so much if you would consider leaving a rating and review on whatever podcast app you listen through. You guys can follow me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter, lindsayhine, and you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well and all the good conversation is happening over there. Just search for groups. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. All right, you guys have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.